Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe. Welcome, everyone. I'm Sean Payne uh, with Pro Trust Sales Podcast, sponsored by Live Explore. And uh, today I have with me my co-host, uh, Isaiah Chass. Isaiah, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. And uh, we have a really cool podcast today. We have Amy Kushner, who's a private fiduciary with uh, Blue Pine Fiduciary. So thank you very much for, for joining us today, Amy. Thank you for having me. And so how this comic came about was uh, I, I've been working in um, – probate and trust sales for about, uh, gosh, 15, 16 years now. And uh, we have this podcast and we were talking about content to doing it, uh, talking about what content would be uh, uh, cool to put out there. And there really isn't a whole lot about uh, uh, estate planning that way. So uh, we thought we would reach out to uh, uh, some private fiduciaries and estate planning attorneys and kind of put together a series on that. And uh, you reach out to us and we're willing to do it. So thank you. Thank you very much for uh, for agreeing to this. Um, I think this is going to be a really cool episode. Um, I kind of just briefly looked at your, your background and your website, which is great, by the way. Um, Thanks. Tell us how, how you became, how you got into, uh, how, be, how you became a private fiduciary. So my story is actually pretty a common one for a professional fiduciary. Um, I had been administering trust for family members, uh, my mother in particular, in the years before she passed. She had a lot of health problems. Um, and then after she passed away, I was still the trustee and administered her estate. Um, and her estate attorney kept calling me through the process, going like, how are things going? Need help with this? And I said, no, this is like really straightforward to me. Like, I think I got it. Um, and towards the end, he said, you know, you're really good and efficient at this. Have you ever thought about doing it professionally? And I said, this is a job. <laughs> he said, yeah, it's actually a really good job. He gave me some information about education I could get to move into the career. I was looking to make a career change at the time anyway. And it just sort of all the pieces fell into place. And I've been doing it for about two years now professionally. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, and it looks like you, you, you service various markets. So you, you, uh, you're based, I think, out of Nevada City. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. But you do uh, work down here in the Bay Area quite a bit too. I do. So I actually split time between Nevada City and the Bay Area. Um, still have access to a rent control department in San Francisco, oh, <laughs> luckily. Yeah. Right. Okay. So like a lot of people, I moved up here during the pandemic when I realized I could work more remotely. Um, and also there is a huge need for fiduciaries in this particular county. Um, there are currently with myself um, and one other fiduciary who are actively taking new clients right now. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, so I was able to build up sort of a local business here pretty quickly. Um, but I do still take clients in the Bay Area. I'm there, you know, usually every other month for about a week. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few attorneys, including my mother's estate attorney, who I still get clients from. And my father and stepmother still live there. So I'm down in the Bay Area a lot. Right, right. I'm just kind of curious. Why would there? Why is there not a state planning up in Nevada City so much? So, what, do you, do you have any reason why? Or, or I mean, is it, it's actually fiduciaries in particular. There's okay. plenty oh, of state attorneys. Okay. Yeah, there's there's you know a healthy population of state attorneys, uh, oh, okay. but fiduciaries. What's happening is the license itself sort of came into being from the state of California about 20 years ago. 
and that first crop of fiduciaries is retiring. Um, And so there are a few more licensed people in the county, but they have stopped taking new clients because they're heading towards retirement. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. With I've seen that same thing here with fiduciaries and estate planning attorneys. It seems like um, that's a field that uh, needs some young blood coming into it uh, yeah. that way. Um, very interesting. Uh, so could you explain, kind of give us a rundown of what you do, what the private fiduciary does that way in the estate planning process and, and why it's important to uh, for individuals and families? So we are licensed to serve basically as trustees of a trust, agents under power of attorney, agents under an advanced healthcare directive. Uh, We can serve as conservators of the person or the estate. Um, Basically, we step into these roles that often family members take on um, when there is no family member available to do that or isn't able to or is too far away. me personally, I do the financial side. Um, we tend to, we call it, we split it into the estate and the person. Um, so fiduciaries tend to specialize in one area or the other where they will take the advanced healthcare directives, which I don't do um, because that's involving making medical decisions and all sorts of stuff that's outside of my area of expertise. I see. I see. Uh, very interesting. So uh, in some cases, could someone have multiple fiduciaries to make sure that they cover uh, e- each area that way? They do. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, you know, we have no one in Nevada County who does the advanced healthcare directives. And so I work with a woman who's in um, Sacramento County. So when I have clients come in who I'm doing the financial side, I will refer them to her and she will do the advanced healthcare directives. Very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, how does the role of a private fiduciary in estate planning differ from that of, um, say, an executor or a, a trustee? I mean, we are the executors and the trustees. Um, I would say, you know, we come in typically for people who don't have children, whose children live out of state, who are estranged from their children, or for people who have complicated family dynamics. They have a blended family, uh, stepchildren, multiple you know, marriages, and they want a neutral party to come in and administer their estate. What about like just the bandwidth? I mean, I would uh, I would find, especially like the financing side, kind of overwhelming. So I would assume that you probably just have clients that like you have executors or trustees, but they're just like, gosh, I just don't have the time and I'm worried about doing this correctly too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, it You know, there's multiple paths where I can kind of come into an estate. I can be written into an estate plan as the successor trustee ahead of time. Um, and that's typically frequent when people, you know, are aware they don't have someone necessarily to do this for them. Um, they know their children are, you know, living abroad or, you know, any number of scenarios where someone would say, gosh, I want a professional to do this instead of a friend or a family member. Sure. Um, I can also come in if someone's had a crisis. Um, Sometimes clients, they get diagnosed with dementia um, or they have symptoms coming up and something has happened. They've forgotten to pay their property taxes. You know, their financial institution has said, hey, we're worried about your ability to keep doing this. Um, And they might hire me to step in and and manage their financial life, essentially. Certainly, certainly. Uh, What are some of the common uh, misconceptions about estate planning that you encounter in your line of work? Gosh, um, I think 
one of the big ones that I'm always talking people out of is that they should keep their estate plan a secret, that who the money is going to, what's going to happen. And I have had to like convince people, it's like, no, talk to your children, talk to your beneficiaries, like, especially if there's something surprising that's going to happen. If, you know, you have a blended marriage and there's going to be unequal distribution, you need to talk to your kids about that and say like, hey, we decided this would be the most fair because, you know, your dad came into the marriage with a lot more money or whatever those reasons are. Um, you don't want people to be surprised. That's when people start suing, when they are shocked by what they find out after you've died. Right, right. Yes. Uh, I haven't run into that, but I could see that being fairly common because it's a tough conversation to have. Uh, it is. And then I also think people often think they're only planning for their death. I have to remind people that, you know, you're planning for your potential incapacity as well. Um, I think it's one in 10 people over 65 have dementia. Um, by the time you reach 85, it's a third of people have dementia. Um, it's you're planning for your eventual ability to not be able to take care of these things on your own. Um, and when I say that to people, you know, they're writing me in as successor trustee. I said, you know, think through what would need to happen for you to step down as trustee and say, okay, Amy, you take this. I can't do this anymore. Think about that ahead of time. Cause the last thing you want is for something catastrophic to happen uh, before you decide to do that. Sure, sure. Now that makes uh, uh, quite a bit of sense. Can you go into a little bit more detail? How, how do you help clients navigate uh, those challenges that way? You know, it's a lot of working with estate planning attorneys. Like I'm always, in any case I have, I'm working with an estate planning attorney. I often find they're very good at convincing their clients when it's time to step down. Um, sometimes I'm having conversations with people and I'm like, oh, they're kind of bordering on having capacity, legal capacity anymore. Talk to the, you know, estate attorneys, get in there, try and figure out what's really going on. Is it time to step down now? Should I, you know, wait? What do we want to do in this scenario? Sure. Sure. That makes sense. <clears throat> if for someone that's not super familiar with this process, what are the different types of, um, well, different legal instruments that you work with um, or are involved with in estate planning, whether that be wills, trusts, power of attorney. Uh, you mentioned some of those previously, but for someone that isn't familiar with this process, what is involved with that? Yeah. Fiduciaries in general can work with all of those instruments, um, I think. And we can even work in cases where there is no estate planning in intestate probate. Um, but then there are what we do in reality. So for example, like I don't take conservatorships unless I'm also the trustee of the estate. Um, powers of attorney are becoming almost useless. Um, banks just don't want to take them anymore. What We keep running into this issue where someone signs a power of attorney because they're like bed bound in a hospital. You go to the bank with it and they go, oh, we can't do it unless the, the client comes in. Right, right. Um, going, oh, we're kind of in a pickle here. Right. <laughs> so those are becoming really difficult to do as standalone instruments. Like you really need a trust to go along with those. Interesting. Interesting. I actually ran into that situation not too long ago uh, where the, the title company was having a a difficult time getting around uh, the power of attorney. The 
the seller was uh, had power of attorney over uh, with the mother who was not able to uh, present herself uh, anywhere that they needed her signature, obviously. And there was quite a few hurdles that we ran into in order to get that approved by the, the title company. And that's like, I'm constantly telling anyone, you know, whenever my friends buy a house, I'm like, do you have a trust? Get a trust. Um, Trust just make the process so much smoother. Um, And you don't want to be running into this, like, we can't sell the house because we don't have the proper instruments set up and mom is in the hospital and or mom is in memory care. And now we're jumping through hoops, paying an attorney to deal with this when it could have been solved for, you know, $1,500 when you bought the house. Right, right. Yep. No, that's, that's so true. And something that we talk to our clients about as well. So um, yeah, that's, that's uh, so important and something that people just don't think about uh, often until decades after they've purchased the home or yeah. two or three homes. And they're like, hey, should we have a trust at this point? You know, and they're, they're more really concerned about the stepped up basis, you know, at, at that point and, and things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of on that note, uh, how does estate planning help in managing or reducing estate taxes? Can you talk a little bit about that? Do you feel comfortable talking about that? Um, you know, I'm not a CPA. Sure, I'm not sure. a tax so I want to put that out yeah, there. Don't yes, yes. this is like, you know, the word. I think, you know, taxes aren't necessarily the thing that we're trying to avoid. I think 2024, the the limit for or where estate taxes start is 13.2 million, I think. Um, it's it's a pretty sizable estate before estate taxes come in. And the state of California doesn't have estate tax at all. Um, that's not true in other states like Oregon does have an estate tax. Um, so you can get hit if, you know, you are, say you own a house in California, own a house in Oregon and move there to retire, you're going to get hit with the estate tax on your entire estate in in Oregon. Um, so there are certainly things to think about as you make decisions where you're going to retire, where you keep property. Um, but in general, what you're trying to avoid is probate. Um, I think people don't understand how onerous the probate process can be. Um, It's adding just mounds of expense to settle the estate. It's adding months and months of process. You're going through the courts. Everything has to be approved by the court. The probate courts virtually everywhere in California are massively backed up. Um, So you're just sitting around waiting. And I think particularly when you're talking about an estate with real estate in it, um, since Prop 19 was passed, you're now from the date of death, um, the property taxes are being reassessed at the new higher value. And so you're paying property taxes. And when you're looking at waiting six to eight months in probate to even get approval to sell the house, you're paying a lot of money to sit on a house. Yep. So true. So true. Are there any laws, regulations that uh, you've seen recently change in estate planning um, or expect to change in estate planning? How would you, how do you keep up with these changes? So we're actually required to do continuing education. I actually do 15 hours of continuing education every year um, and almost all of it is here's what's changed and we get down into narrow topics. So like I have a class uh, at the beginning of January, just in a couple of weeks, that's just like, here's all the new laws that came into effect this year. Um, we're constantly getting updated. There's, um, you know, and the variety, the, the laws of, of 
apply differently, whether it's to, you know, estate trusts, special needs trusts, conservatorships. There's been massive changes in conservatorships over the last couple of years. The Britney Spears laws, um, you know, have really changed how those are administered, have changed the liability that comes along with those. Um, Yeah, it's it's been very interesting. That is, that is. So it's it's constantly evolving that way, similar to real estate, where, where we have to stay. It's usually like every four months we have something new coming down the road that we have to train on that way. So, yeah, there's always something new. Um, you know, and sometimes you're even just getting into regulatory stuff. You know, so for example, with special needs trusts, we're dealing with just like regulatory papers that get put out by the Social Security Administration, where it's not even a court case. They just somebody who works there wrote a memo that says, "Well, now we're treating it like this." Right. Um, so there's a lot to keep up with. Have there been any huge changes recently in the last few years that totally rewrite or significantly change the process that people will encounter with this, or is it more smaller regulatory? Uh, you know, it tends to be like smaller regulatory stuff. I think, you know, what is interesting is they are, re- you know, regularly increasing that amount for estate tax to kick in. So sometimes, like, we're administering a lifetime trust that was created to avoid estate tax, you know, 10 years ago, which is an amount of money now that would never be hit with the estate tax and so it feels like this it's like oh my god why am i administering this lifetime trust for this small money right Uh, that was my cat no worries no worries do you see uh uh how do you see the the field of estate planning evolving do you see any big changes coming down the road in five or ten years or any like anything that you think is going to make the process easier technology wise or anything that way Gosh, I mean, I think there's two big things happening. We've got, you know, the largest transfer of wealth that has ever occurred in history about to start with the baby boomers dying. I think the estimates are somewhere between $70 trillion and $140 trillion worth of wealth. Um, it's especially in California, there is a massive amount of that wealth in real estate. Um, I just, we don't have enough estate attorneys. We don't have enough fiduciaries. We don't have enough CPAs. Um, like we are going to need to see like massive growth in, in the estate industry to deal with all of it. Um, and then on top of that, we are watching people's lives just become more and more digital. Right. Um, I'm giving a presentation in February to other fiduciaries on sort of how do you deal when you walk into an estate and there's no paperwork? Um, How do we administer people's lives when everything is digital? There's no bills coming in the mail anymore to find out where the accounts are. Uh, There's, you know, what do you do when you've got a locked cell phone and no password to an email address? Um, That is a really interesting, I, I I never even thought about that. Often like when we come in, you know, and we're evaluating the home, we have boxes of bills, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that, uh, that, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, take this, take this to the fiduciary law firm and they're going to like go through this. Right. So yeah. gosh, I can totally see how that could be a, a real issue that way that you can't, access. Yeah. potentially and it would be very difficult to access that information. So, yeah. 
it's, we really have to prepare people for it. You know, I tell my clients, like for most people, it's secure enough to write down your password on a piece of paper and put it somewhere near your state plan. Uh, you recommend that? Yeah, that's just your email. Yeah, and that's a great email. piece of advice. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then you need to find a person who you are comfortable providing that to, you know, whether that's one of your kids or your best friend, but someone who can walk into your executor and say, here's the password to the phone and the email address. Right, right. Very interesting. Yeah. On that note, what what would be the, I'm sure there's tons of pieces of advice that you'd recommend, but what, what are a couple of pieces of advice that you'd recommend to someone that's just starting the process, just starting to think about estate planning? It might be a couple years, could be 10 years off, but something that you'd recommend that, they get ahead on? I mean, I think the minute you have any sort of significant assets, you've bought a house, you should, your next step should be finding an estate attorney. Um, And, you know, a good one is going to have a nice intake process that helps you think about what you need to do, um, who you need to talk to, what, you know, the process of thinking, what do I want to happen to my things and, you know, my wealth after I pass, um, getting that started, they tend to not let you linger on that too long. They will be like, come on, we got to get on this. Let's talk about it. Do it. Um, but really starting that process. And I think, you know, particularly for younger people, they have a very hard time conceptualizing like, oh, I'm going to die someday. You know, I'm 35 years old. Um, But in particular, if you have children, you have house, like you have to do this. This is not an optional piece of, you know, being an adult. You have to have an estate plan. Right, right. Oh, very good. Very good. Uh, Amy, is there there any other topics that that we haven't or questions that we haven't asked that you'd like to uh, talk about that you feel is important to the, the, the private fiduciary industry? Gosh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I do think a lot of people would benefit from a private fiduciary who aren't considering it. Uh-huh. Um, I think people don't understand how much time the process of settling a state can take. Um, and they think, oh, I want my child to do it, or I want, you know, my best friend to do it. And it's, it's a massive job. Like, I, this is what I do full time for my job. Right. You know, an uncomplicated estate is, you know, 50 to 60 hours of work easily, when easily. You know what you're doing. What, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, when yeah. you know the right form to use and what time to go to the DMV to not stand in line and, you know, all of those right. things. Like, I know the little tricks. I know the number to call at PG&E to get the right person. Um, and the average, you know, person settling a state has no idea. And, you know, you use the wrong form at the DMV, it's going to add another couple hours to that process. Um, I think people don't understand the, you know, order in which you kind of want to do things to make it efficient. You don't want to sit on a house for a long time. It's, you know, so you want to get in and start clearing out that house and getting a state sale going right. as soon as possible so you can get that house on the market if your plan is to sell it. Um, so you're not paying taxes and mortgages and utility bills and all of those things that, you know, are eating into the bulk of an estate. Um, and also you're asking typically someone who's grieving you to undertake this massive bureaucratic task at the same time. 
Um, it's, it's a lot to ask of someone. And I think until you've actually done it, people don't realize. I get a lot of my clients after they've settled their parents' estate and they go, I don't want to do that to my kids. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's, that's good. That's good. So they go ahead and start uh, creating a trust. Um, on that note, for our responsible listeners that, that are hearing this, uh, what's the best way to get in touch with you and, and Blue Ridge Fiduciary that way um, if they have some questions about this? Um, if you go to my website, uh, it's bluepinefiduciary.com. Um, I have a contact page. You can email me. Uh, you can fill out a little submission form. Um, but I'm on email all the time. It's very easy for me to go back and forth if you have questions. But also, if you're you know, looking for a fiduciary in another area, um, PFAC, which is the Professional Fiduciary Association of California, maintains a list of fiduciaries uh, throughout the state and where they practice so you can filter based on what you're looking for, whether it's you know a trust or a will or a power of attorney and the area that you want the fiduciary to be working in um, and you can sort through. And then the state of California licenses us. They keep track of any complaints. You can go to the Professional Fiduciary Bureau's website and look up any licensed fiduciary and see have there been complaints against this person. Um, you know, is their license in good standing? So it's, you know, we're definitely involved in very sensitive areas of people's lives. Um, so it's important to do your due diligence to make sure you're getting someone uh, trustworthy. Well, I mean, from from our experience, you've been very on top of everything. And uh, just from a response standpoint, I've uh, always extremely responsive, like you said, via email, even during the holidays. So if anyone has any questions, I would certainly recommend that they reach out and Ask, ask away all the questions they have with you. Yeah, I, I would say that's something nice. Uh, 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 I would say as the industry fades out, the communication, like the, the people that are phasing out of the industry aren't used to like quicker communication that way. So it's really nice to work with a fiduciary and a state planning attorney that kind of uh, uses modern communication that way. And, and what I say, why I say this is because so many estate planning attorneys really, and I'm sure a Amy may, this may be this, maybe your experience is that they just still don't like email. So, um, you know, uh, getting a, a real estate contract approved can take 72 hours in some points, you know, sometimes that way. And I'm sure your experience yeah. is the same. So it's really nice to have a fiduciary that, that uh, responds so quickly that way. So I encourage people that are listening to this, if you, if you do need a fiduciary, uh, reach out to Amy. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be a great episode. And if there's any future changes that you think is going to be significant to your industry, um, we'd love to have you back on. So thank you so much. I appreciate your time today. Great. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. If you like this content, please hit like and subscribe so you can see future content. See you later, guys. See you next time. Welcome to the Live Explore podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit like and subscribe.